The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Raising capital or taking your business to the world? Investment Fix has everything you need to make it happen. This season, we're exploring the US market, the opportunities it offers, what it takes to grow a business there, and the best way to approach investors. The Investment Fix podcast. Tune in today. NAIR is public interest journalism funded through New Zealand On Air. No mai, haere mai, whakatau mai rā, he kōna ipurangi tēnei pāna ki te ao Māori, me te ao hurihuri. I'm Leonie Hayden, this is a podcast about being Māori in the modern world. This week, we're celebrating the 40th anniversary of the Reo News Bulletin Te Karere. Tell me, do you even care what goes on behind the scenes in Māori media? Welcome to Ne. This week marks the 40th anniversary of Te Karere, first appearing on air, the first Māori language news bulletin on television in Aotearoa. It started as a two-minute daily bulletin hosted by Matua Derek Fox, who also founded Mana magazine, Uh, and that was supposed to be a couple of news stories from the main bulletin on TVNZ, just translated into Te Reo. Uh, Matua Derek and co knew that Māori news looked and sounded very different and they created a broadcast that was for whānau, hapū and iwi Māori. And so many of our awesome kairipuata came through that show, including one of our manuhiri on the podcast today. Uh, So one of the questions for today really is, how much has changed in 40 years? Now, one of our older manuhiri on the podcast once said that one of the most brilliant things about being Māori is our ability to bring both joy and grief into the same space. And for me, that is how I feel a bit about being Māori in media. I've been here for about 10 years. Um, when I tell you, I have way too much to say on this subject. Um, however, I'll start with one immutable fact. Um, media here in Aotearoa, since the first newspaper was created in the 1830s, has acted consciously and unconsciously as propaganda for white supremacy. This is what I have learned working in media. Uh, a second truth I've come to understand is that when you try to shift the lens of journalism from that to a Māori one, some people in this country get very, very mad. Uh, on the other hand, I also know the incredible difference that we can make in media. We bring important new knowledge, matauranga, we change minds and hearts, and we help people feel seen and understood. We raise up hapori Māori. So, you know, how have things changed? A lot has changed. Last year, the Broadcasting Standards Authority announced it's no longer considering any complaints about the use of te Māori. Yes, that was a big enough issue they had to formally announce it. I mean, imagine hearing like a handful of sentences in a language you don't understand and thinking that that's what persecution is. Uh, A lot more public money has been released to support Māori journalism, not just media in te reo Māori, but that also supports Māori whakaaro and capacity building in media. There are more of us in mainstream spaces on big networks, even sporting moho kauai, kia ora orini kaipara. 
But we still get way less of everything than everyone else. Less putia, less respect, less airtime, smaller audiences. Our iwi radio network is underfunded. Most of our TV current affairs shows are made by smaller production teams who do a lot with a lot less putia than their network contemporaries. We have to watch on helplessly when larger Reo Pākehā media companies trample on the manna of Māori for the 40 millionth time for clicks. Like that whorehires survey run by staff recently that asked if politicians should use the, quote, race card. Like I said, grief and joy. Um, because on the other hand, that all said, I absolutely love being a journalist. Um, so we're here to talk about both sides. Um, mostly we're interested today in our Apopotanga, the future. What happens next and who is shaping that? Uh, so we have on the podcast two incredible media makers who are working really hard to make sure the next generation don't have to put up with the same shit, Ihoma. To find out who they are, we'll see you after the break. Raising capital or taking your business to the world? Investment Fix has the lowdown on everything you need to make it happen. This season, we're exploring the US market, the opportunities it offers, what it takes to grow a business there, and the best way to approach investors. Join some of the superstars of the investment and business world as they share advice from their time in the US so you can make your mahi count in this massive market. The Investment Fix podcast, brought to you by Invest New Zealand. Tune in today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. Welcome back. Uh, I'm joined by my co-host, Te Kuru Wote Marama Dews. Mariana sends her apologies, he māwiwi ia. So, kia ora, Te Kuru. Kei te pēhia. Oh, kia ora. Tēnā koe. Kei te pai. Kei te ora. Right. Haven't caught COVID yet, so feeling pretty good. Still got a job. Well done, well done. Right. Uh, te Kuru and I are joined today by two very special manuhiri. Uh, we're joined by, first of all, Mahingarangi Forbes. She's the award-winning host of weekly current affairs show, The Hui, uh, in the New Zealand Wars collection. She's an alumnus of Te Kareri, 2020, RNZ, Campbell Live, Native Affairs. She's done it all. She's seen it all. Uh, our second manuhiri I'm very excited to welcome is Peter Lucas-Jones. He's the general manager of Tehiku Media widely regarded as one of the cleverest cookies in our industry. He's also on the Whakata Māori board and he is the chair of Te Whakaruru Hauo Ngāreo Irirangi Māori, the uh, National Iwi Radio Network. No, my kōrua, thank you so much for coming on our podcast today. Tēnā kōrua o tira tēnā koutou katoa. Ai, kia ora, kia ora tātou. Ka hari te ngākau te whaiwahi atu ki a koutou i tēnei rā. Kia ora tātou. Oh, kia ora. You're sort of more behind the scenes, so some of our listeners might not um, have heard of you before. So, ko wai koe, no hea koe. 
Well, um, my name is Peter Lucas Jones. I come from Te Aupauri, uh, Ngai Takoto, Te Rarawa, and Ngati Kahu in the very far north, Tehiku Teika. I'm the CEO of Tehiku Media, which is one of the 21 iwi radio stations in Aotearoa. We have a 30-year history gathering Māori language corpus, broadcasting in Te Reo Māori. And so that's really um, uh, very much part of what we do. More recently, we've started to... Um, uh, develop um, technology associated with natural language processing, teaching computers how to speak Māori. And um, that's always interesting, particularly in the area of pronunciation, intonation and rhythm, mm. which is all a very important part of broadcasting in Te Reo Māori, getting your message across and making sure it's understood as you intend it to be. Noreira, that's a little Aye. bit about me. Kia ora. And then getting those computers to understand different meter, I imagine, is the next level of complication there? Well, it certainly is when you're dealing with people that um, largely um, mispronounce Māori words. So when you think about uh, understanding general te reo Māori and um, just as a Māori language speaker, listening to um, people that are making an effort and um, wanting to support and encourage them whilst also trying to find meaning in what they are trying to transmit mm. is sometimes a difficulty just for humans. But okay. at the same time, we managed to do it. So we've got a bit. Um, we've got a data science project, and um, if we think about iwi radio or Maori radio, uh, Maori radio transmits the largest amount of um, acoustic, indigenous acoustic data every day throughout the world, and so that's a major contribution to data science and so much as acoustic data um, tells a story. It's not just about numbers. And that's the amazing thing about iwi radio. Iwi radio have been doing that for 30 years. Mm. And sitting alongside that is what we call trust and accountability. And when we work with our communities, it can take 30 years to build that, but it doesn't take much to um, stir up a bit of, you know, uh, upsetness. So it's really important <laughs> that as Kate when we're dealing with our taonga, we take it very seriously. And when we engage with Pākehā or Tauiwi, that we clearly make it understood that um, there are principles that we adhere to when mm. working in our space. And that just because we are broadcasters or data scientists, we're very much um, adamant that there are ways that Māori things need to be dealt with. And that's from our unique perspective as tangata whenua. Um, we're talking this week um, about Māori media, the future of, the history of, a little bit, because this week is the uh, 40th anniversary of Te Kārere, first airing uh, on television. And I would love to have you, Mihingarangi, sort of take us back a little bit um, to what it was like. You, you started on Te Kārere, is that right? As a fresh young face? Yes, uh, 94. Oh, my gosh. It was, there's some of those images coming out and I'm fearful about what's coming tonight. <laughs> You've got the most beautiful 90s eyebrows in all the photos that I've seen. They look cool. Yeah, oh, thank you. Um, yeah, 94. I had a really awesome tira, kapa, ropu that I started with. Mm -hmm. And um, actually, when I was looking at some of those pictures today, I saw um, Peter's tuakana on there. 
when he was a protester, not a politician, waving his flag around. And I was thinking, look, there's Matua Shane in his heydays. But I remember, yeah, in 94, um, lots of our reporting was actually up north. Um, we had Hirini Hinari and then we had our two, um, two hoi um, matriarchs, Tini and Hinirangi. Um, then us young bucks, old Mokotini and myself and Mahini Kora were uh, the cadets, if you like. And then we had our Joe Glens and um, Dan Hiramanarua, uh, Martin Rakuraku. It was, yeah, it was a really cool crew. I'd come straight out of Atarangi at Waikato uh, Polytech. I went to learn how to speak Reo, you know, like less, more than just three words at once. <laughs> and, um, I was so fortunate coming out of that course, which was an amazing course, you know, teachers like Katarina Mataira and um, Boirangi Ho and Pitiwaya Manawaiti and the likes. And then falling into that punareo with all those native speakers, I was really, really lucky. Mm. Um, it was incredible. And I never, never uh, forget those days and what, you know, the experiences that we learned. Um, I was just thinking today, actually, I remember my shift into mainstream media and how monocultural my reporting became for a good decade. And then I've been back Mm. doing Māori stories again the last 12 years and how I've changed again and everything. Um, And it's just in my work. Like at home, it's still, you know, I'm still hanging out with the kazis and still speaking Māori to my kids, but just my work had changed incredibly. And that's just that whole Māori worldview the environment that you're sitting in, and that's what's so important about kaupapa like te karere and te ao um, like te hiku. So what was the difference for you? Like, what was the difference between pitching the story on te karere as opposed to pitching the story at TV3? I'm smiling because this is the truth, and you guys are going to understand me, but a wider audience might go, what? Like, I was just considering today how normal it was to talk about a kaupapa in the environment of with those pakeke around us, like the mwari and the fai and, you know, fai ngatas and henirangi and maihi, and you didn't just talk about what you heard and saw. There were so many other senses involved, you know, taha wairua, taha tikanga, kawa. And it wasn't strange that if someone went out in the field and came back and there was no vision on their tape, that we would just accept, oh, well, that wasn't a kaupapa to be recorded today. There was no fuss. Everyone just accepted, yeah. oh, well, you know, something was working against us or some somebody, some Aye. tupuna didn't want that to happen or something like that. And that's just how it worked. And so you're completely working with all your senses on and um, you didn't, you know, you didn't have to protect. You didn't have to think about, think ahead of what, what you are going to say because everyone just accepted um, that world. Mm. And so when you shift into a mainstream world, you actually stop talking like that out loud because people look at you sideways and you actually start to lose your ability to connect to people our way to a name. But coming back into reporting this way, mm. you know, people say, oh, how did you get that story? And it's like, actually, I don't know. I think they found me somehow. I don't know how um, some phenomenon of these or someone, who knows? It's a hard question to even explain in English. But mm. um, that's that's how... That this world yeah. works in journalism, I think. Yeah, it's quite a fundamental difference there. Did you come up as a journalist, Peter Lucas, or have you got more of a tech background? My background is Māori language. And so 
um, moku ake i tupu ake a hau i tētahi wāhi, taha mai i tētahi marae. Ka mutu i a hau e tamariki ana i, I noho mai te māma o tō mātou pāpā, a rā tō mātou krani māma ki tō mātou whare. Uh, ka mutu hara i te mea koi a nahe, koi a me wana teina. And so, like, we grew up in an intergenerational home um, next to our marae. You know, we were at the beginnings of the kohanga reo concept. And so my dad's mother, um, who was born in 1892, she lived with us and so too did her sisters for a time. And so um, we had the um, unique opportunity to be exposed to people talking Māori all the time. And so um, when you have three sisters um, in an environment together and their cousins and whatnot, you have the, um, I guess, the colloquialisms and idiomatic expression that is the cornerstone of conversational te reo Māori. And so <laughs> we were very much part of uh, that type of growing up, but also very much part of the protest movements that um, came from Te Reringa Wairua. As mentioned, my tribal affiliations are Te Aupauri, Ngai, Ngai Takoto, Te Rarua and Ngāti Kahu. And so when we think about the different uh, movements like Te Kawariki um, and how Waitangi has always been a gathering place for us to express our position on our rights and interests, I was very much raised in that environment. And moving on from there, I, um, you know, had always been involved in iwi radio um, since my early 20s. Um, I think we all put our hand to doing some style of reporting. Um, But I think reporting from a haukainga perspective is very different because it's all about relationships. And I think think that Mihingarangi has um, spoken quite clearly about that, growing that rapport and that trust with the people that you represent and that you report on with is so important. Moving on from there, I worked for a time in Wellington um, um, and also on my iwi um, treaty settlement um, process um, and was recently appointed the, the chairman of Te Runanga Nui o Te Aupauri. And so when you live and breathe iwi radio, it becomes very much um uh, a connectedness and access um, to places, people, and stories. And and if I was going to describe my Māori broadcasting experience, they taught us how to hold the keys to the kainga. They taught us how to hold the keys to the kainga and how to open doors to the kainga knowing that it was so important that as technology evolved, so too would our tikanga. And when I think about things like that, our reporting style has been very different in so much as we started to live video stream um, kaupapa and events. And so we came from a, um, a, a, a very Māori language approach to broadcasting at Tehiku Te we have got a huge 
um, oral history archive. So we have over um, 45 marae in our broadcasting area. And over those 30 years, we have gone out and gathered kōrero. And that kōrero could be about a maunga, that kōrero could be about a moana, that kōrero could be about the oti tree, that kōrero could be about a plant, a rongoa. But uh, if I was to break it down, it's all Māori data. We were collecting Māori data. And whilst we uh, were mm-hmm. collecting Māori data, the medium in which we had been taught by our kāinga, um, our mātua, our kaumātua, was to use broadcasting and storytelling and, and asking questions as a way of eliciting information I've interviewed many, many kaumātua over my years of involvement in, in Māori broadcasting. Every time I spend time with one of our old people, one of our kuia, one of our kaumātua, there's a very different sort of experience that you have. Like for me, I always observe that sometimes they're not talking directly to you, but they are speaking into the future. They are speaking into the hearts and the minds mm. of our mokopuna that have not grown up in the kainga. For some of our whānau, the closest they get to their marae on an annual basis might be a screensaver on their computer. So our... Our, our dream at Tehiku and, and our, our dream was very much about connecting people back to the place, connecting people back to their identity, connecting people back to Te Reo Māori, connecting people back to Tikanga Māori and using um, entertainment and events to draw people in. So that's a little bit about my experience in, in, in reporting. So we would report, but in a different style. One of the things that um, you and Mahinga Arangi have in common, oh, and Tikuru as well, is I guess working in our Māori spaces when you're creating media and content by Māori for Māori, you are not subject to the Pākehā lens on what that content is. I mean, I assume... I can only assume as much that Māori television isn't getting flooded with complaints about the use of te reo on Māori television, nor on Tehiku Media. Hioia, nor are there people that don't want Tehiku or Iwi Radio to be in to exist, and do they tell you that, and do they talk to you about that? In my experience. Um there's always a white supremacist element to the society that we live in. And if we think back Mm -hmm. um, to things like the doctrine of discovery, the placement of Pākehā people in our society and um, how we have been marginalised in many different respects, it's always important to reflect that that's an element that exists, but we've never let that um, determine our future. Because for us um, mm. at Te Reo Irirangi o Te Hiku o Te Ika, we were born out of a hui at Pōtahi Marae in Te Kao, and it was the kuia that wanted to have a station. And it was so that they had a way to communicate with one another, tell stories, speak to topical issues and current affairs 
in te reo Māori. Um, and so we've always been from six in the morning um, to at least three o'clock in the afternoon, a predominantly Māori-speaking station. We were very different in that mm. when we hark back to Richard Benson and his report on Te Reo Māori in 1979, there were different um, regions in Aotearoa that had uh, managed to hold on to Te Reo Māori as not only um, a method of communication, but we're still transmitting it intergenerationally generationally in some respect. And we are one of those places mm. um, that in spite of all odds managed to hold on to te reo Māori as a method of communication for some time. But if you look throughout Aotearoa, colonisation and um, white assimilation has impacted on whānau, hapu and iwi in so many different ways. And I just mentioned that because we're also a very high population of Māori people in, in the far north of Aotearoa. Mm. Um, um, even the Pākehās here have some Māori ancestry. Um, <laughs> and that's saying something. You know what I mean? Like, what I mean is, you know yeah. that they're of Māori descent, mm. but they may not see themselves as Māori people. Mm. But um, at the, in, the same, in the same sense, um, people are on a, a, an identity discovery sometimes. And so we try to encourage people to embrace um, their Māori tanga, their Māori identity, their Māori language in a way that can um, support mm. their own growth. Because over the years, when we look at our parents' generation and that generation that has widely been disenfranchised by um, from, from their Māori tanga, um, I think it's important for us to note that sometimes there is a level of fear um, and a level of un unknowing and a level of uh, misunderstanding. So we've always used our um, broadcasting in iwi radio, particularly in Aorohe, as a way to uplift people. Of course, we do get um, emails mm. and phone calls and um, they generally come from a racist sort of element. We acknowledge that it exists, but we do not let it determine our future. Kia ora. And it's this, uh, this co-papa of the future of media that Mariana and Tekuru and I had decided that when we decided we wanted to sort of visit the subject this week, um, that that would be the thing that we wanted to talk about Um you know, Tehuka is doing incredible things in the data space. And um, Mahingarangi, you have developed and already delivered, I believe, the first program of your uh, Kōmiro Miro journalism training program. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And also, what is the um, how did Tikanga te ingoa Kōmiro Miro? Kōmiro Miro is a manu, um, and that was a concept developed by Stacey Morrison, who's been working on that kaupapa as well. She explains it way better than me, but it's um, uh, Manu who uh, takes bits and pieces from here. And there's, a, there's quite a few whakatauki, and I think it's ho metal metal as well as ko metal metal. Um, so he what the Manu. Um, I guess the reason that the ko metal metal kaupapa is, um, you know, closely aligned with uh, Peter and what those guys do up there and all around the country, we... The, you know, there was funding available and we thought um, where 
because we have the capacity to actually you know put proposals in so many of our whanau don't mm -hmm. they are just you know dealing with daily stuff all the time so we thought we'd put something in and see what happens and see if we can plug a hole and when we looked at the industry and the history of it you know we couldn't find any training from mainstream um, funding for you know a good 15-20 years so we thought oh well let's start uh, where all of our storytellers are um, in all the uh, regions mm. and um, you know the ones that hold the keys to the to the, to the regions and to the communities. And so uh, the Iwi Network gave us their support and so we put in a proposal for that. And it's been really incredible. We've had 74 uh, kaimahi, I was going to say young, but we've had some of the aunties from up north too who, who are just over 21, some of them. Um, <laughs> 74, oh we. Yeah, that's 74, awesome. yeah, the, major the majority of them are young people and Boy, it really blew me away. I expected it because I knew that our people are such amazing storytellers, but I didn't expect the kona of, um, you know, ideas of wānanga, of views, of real, of tikanga, of knowledge. Um, mm. So, yeah, really blown away by that. And we delivered seven subjects, so a range, you know, for example, in some towns around the country, busiest place is your courthouse but none of us would go down there and think that we would want to report there because that's a place that we don't feel comfortable in so it was about what kind of platform do you have at your iwi radio station and how can you get involved in telling the news that might be you know and, and changing the narrative in the lens of that news so you know we did court reporting and community we mm. did tribal and political um we've we even you know discussed how do we make boring um political budgets, you know, important or exciting mm. for people to, to hear about. <laughs> um, we did interviewing techniques. We had a range of Māori uh, journalists like Latina Wycliffe, Sakiriyama Wrights, and then we had Pākehā too. Guy on Espina came along and taught people how to do interviewing, and it was was really, really worthwhile. Um, it's finished now, but there's um, lots of people still wanting to do it, so we're looking at trying to do a second round. Part of that project, and uh, Peter and I haven't been able to connect, is to support uh, the Fari Kōrero app um, and to, because those guys are so busy up north, but to actually help people mm. understand how they can um, take their little iwi station and the content that they're producing and, um, you know, upload it into a national kind of uh, platform. Aye. Yeah. What's important to our taiohi, the the, the um, young recruits or trainees that you worked with, what issues are they really passionate about, talking um, about? Well, first of all, the majority of them didn't think that anyone would, would care about the way that they told stories or their stories, which which was really, mm. really pissed me off. Because I thought I thought we'd got past this, you know that that our kids feel like that, but mm. yeah, they still feel like that, which um, you know kind of speaks to what uh, Peter was talking about the elements of white supremacy and our and in, in, in the structures of our communities are still firmly in place and uh, creating barriers for our rangatahi and not just rangatahi. I'm talking 20, 30 year olds mm. as well, but um, I think you know everyone is a really great broadcaster. That's what I've noticed on on, on Ngāri or Irirangi. Everyone can sing, 
everyone can broadcast. People can talk for hours at a time <laughs> and interview the nannies and the rest of it. So right. really what they were interested in is just kind of sharpening up their skills and and being helped to identify when they do an interview with, um, you know, Tommy Karpai down the road who does the housing kaupapa in Tauranga, they just wanted to know, like, what kind of story is that, they'd say. And I'd say, well, that's a housing, you know, that could be a housing story, could be a social issue story, it could be a poverty story. It's, you know, you've got the basis of, of your kaupapa there with your interview. Now it's about refining it and creating more content off the back of it. So it was really about the process of making news. They already had all the elements. Everything was already there. They just needed um, some help in, in turning their content into news and identifying that that's what they were doing. So, mm -hmm. yeah, we, got, we get there in the end really yeah. quickly with them and people are really interested in local body um, issues. I mean none of them would have put their hand up for community, yeah. uh, local lo local government reporting. But after they learnt what local government reporting meant, it meant water, it meant rates, it meant mm. housing. They were like, oh my gosh, I care about all those things. And my auntie's running this and my mum's been yeah. fighting the council for this. And what about those people that are selling our water to make water bottles overseas? So all of a sudden everyone got passionate and um, it was just about identifying what their passion was and uh, refocusing that. There seems to be quite a shortage. I mean, word mm. going around is that there's a shortage of Māori reporters and we've seen a big um, departure of people who have been holding uh, down the fortress for a number of years, uh, sort of growing out of those roles and growing into communica uh, you know, communication roles or setting up their own companies or government positions mm. that are maybe much more comfortable, but um, well-deserved and recognised as well. But what do you think about this programme and, and working with the 74? Does it give you hope for tomorrow? Because it seems like, although... Although there's always criticism of Māori media, there's not always a lot of acknowledgement of, of how far we've come, even if we do five-year sort of updates. You can look back, we're doing a lot more now than we were doing five years ago. So um, we know that as people who work in media, but those, our whānau mm. on the outside, probably aren't as aware of all the, all the mahi going on to get um, the better content out there. But does it give you hope working with all these young ones for a yeah. future? And what does that future look like? Absolutely. I was so excited. I was, you know, the three of, oh, well, all of us that participated in the training workshops, Annabelle, Lee Mather and Stacey Morrison, Shannon, Honui Thompson, got even Guy on Espada, all of us, we were just blown away by the end of it. I'm absolutely certain and, and I'm going to be around, you're going to be around, Leonie will be around. We just have to be there to support them into uh, their next steps. And one of the biggest things, though, is that we need to change the system on the way that we, um, on how we gather our content, because I don't want to be taking Peter's kaimahi away from mm. his station and dragging them, dragging them down to Tamaki. I already have one, D'Angelo <laughs> Martin, and he's absolutely fantastic, but he's bought a house down here now and he's making his life. I think, I think Peter's okay with that, but it wouldn't be, you know, my, my, <laughs> the goal is not to bring people away from the East Coast and mm. Ngāti Kahunganu and Gaitahu and all those kinds of places. The goal is how does Te Kuru um, become a current affairs journalist working from Gisborne and feeding into multiple platforms through um, mm. telling stories about his community through your lens? That's actually mm. the goal. And we have to work with mainstream people like, 
Peter and myself and um, Kawe Turongo and Nga Ahufakari to demand that this is what we need and this is the safest way mm. to do it until those spaces are safe for our people. Ahufakaro ki era Peter Lucas. Kitera korero. Mo te apo po tanga o te ao papaho e korero tia nei tata. Ai ai. A kuia tēnā ko te mea i ako nei o tātou mātua ki a tātou ano. Arā te whakatupu i ngā pūkenga o, o, o te rea ngā e haere maiana. Nā te mea ko rātou ngā mea ka, ka mau, ka kawe i ngā, i ngā hia hia me ngā moe moea mo te iwi Māori a ngā tau e haere ake nei. So, I mean, it's a great idea and it's great that it was resourced. It's great that it happened, particularly because it's largely run by whanauna. It's largely run and um, organised by people that have roots in the iwi radio movement and people that our kaimahi not only have rapport with but respect for. And I think that's what's been missing largely from all of the training opportunities that have been put in front of us as Iwi Radio, because we actually learn on the job, because we are hubs in our community. We know that people come to us not only to have an interview about a particular kaupapa, but we might have three kuya arrive tomorrow that are, boy, can you print out my COVID pass? Can you laminate it for me? What a, And can I, and what, a, what, you know, so like we have other roles in our community. And so we're always growing our ability to, um, deal with multiple relationships at once. And I mm. think that the opportunity with Ko Miro Miro honed in on some of the key issues in the kainga, which continue to be jobs, water, and housing. And um, with our um, Whare Kōrero app, that really provided us an opportunity to see how people were consuming that content. That's a little bit of a story in its own right, because um, for us, whilst we are, um, you know, a, a very rural um, station and that we're based all the way up in Kaitaia, more than 85% of our iwi members don't live at home. And most of them have not been born here. So they, um, you know, for them coming home is like going to the Wailing Wall, you know, in Israel. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's not always like that. <laughs> you know, when you live in a kainga, you know that, yes, we love them. We love the relations to come. But then we also like when they go back <laughs> where they came from. You know, we don't always put out the welcome mat. And I mean, that's mm. because the resources at home are very, very minimal. And we do the mm. best to cope with a range of situations. And we do the best to express manaakitanga in the way that we know how. But when we think about the challenges that COVID uh, presented us with, when we thought about, mm. okay, we have to deal with the idea of people getting very sick and the fact that we only have two ventilators in Kaitai, a hospital. We already know that if you are a Māori person and you get sick and, and you have a heart attack and they don't call the, um, the helicopter to come to Kaitai, it's probably not going to end well for you. But if you're in a Parker area, well, you know that 
generally there's going to be some type of service that will get you quickly to where you need to go to get some assistance. And the story of training and the story of being exposed to people that are better than you so that you can learn from them is similar for iwi radio. We are the last bastion of community radio and we happen to also be a tāpapa, a seedbed. And we grow people, we grow skills, and we grow speakers of te reo Māori, and we also grow people that can read a Māori mm. situation. And you can't learn how mm. to read a Māori situation in a textbook. And so I think Iwi Radio okay. has a special, special place in the beginnings, um, in the present, and in the future of Māori media, particularly when we think back to Ngānūpepa Māori, and you think of all the, the Māori media world of our grandparents. You think about all those Māori newspapers, the collections of those, and the storytelling style that our kaumātua and our Kuya employed to tell the news in their way. Whilst that might have come to an end in very in many respects, we see it has been revived in Iwi Radio. And we see that that style of Māori storytelling is alive and well. And we now need to ensure that our rangatahi, our taitamariki, and indeed the adults that come to the workforce as our second language learners of te reo Māori have the tools and the know-how to employ those tools. That was what Kōr Mirumiro presented Iwi Radio with. And because they were whanaunga that were leading it out, there was a connectedness that didn't um, present any challenges. In fact, it was like mm. um, a, 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 an online marae learning space. Kia ora. Kia ora. Pai te kore, pai te whakaro katoa um, ngā mahi noi uh, kia kōrua, kia, kia te manuhiri o te rā nei. Thank you so much for um, joining us for this Kōrero. It's what I wanted from this kōrero, which was to feel hopeful and uplifted about media. Thank you, both of you. That is um, all we have got time for today, but I encourage um, our listeners to find Tehiku Media uh, online um, or look for whoever your iwi radio station is in the rohe in which you reside. Um, you can also download Whare Kōrero, which is the app which I believe um, collates all of our iwi radio net into one app. Tēnā koe, Leone. Tēnā, tēnā koe te kuru o tira e te whanaunga e mihi ngā rangi. Tēnā koe te katoa. Ai, tēnā koe, tēnā kōroa e ngā manuhiri. Um, we will be back in two weeks' time. Until then, ngā mahi noi ki te ahe Butler for producing the show today. Tēnā rāua tū e hoa. Um, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Find us on Instagram, near the Ao Māori podcast. Until then, hei a kua nei. Ka kite. NER is public interest journalism funded through New Zealand On Air and brought to you by the Spin-Off Podcast Network. It was hosted and researched by Leonie Hayden with Te Kuru Jews and Mediana Johnson. 
Nair was produced by Te Aihe Butler, with senior production from Jane Yee and project management from Mark Kelleher. Talo for Lover. I'm Madeline Chapman, editor at The Spin-Off. If you have the means, consider supporting our high-quality journalism by becoming a Spin-Off member. Sign up now at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. Kia ora e te iwi, te Aihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.